Arts, Lifestyle, SNS Online. The bark is rough under her hands, scratching at her palms and fingers as she stumbles between the trees. She retches violently, her body jerking and shaking as the convulsions push her forward deep into the clutches of the forest. Copper and bronze leaves dance around as the wind shoves at her, roars like a rushing river. She is aware of everything, breath and heartbeat, colour and sound, the smell of the dank autumnal air, all of it heightened somehow, more vivid, more real. She coughs, chokes in agony, tears streaming down her face as she gasps for breath. Make it stop, she begs, silently. Hello and welcome to SNS Online. The Gifts is the latest novel by today's special guest and SNS returnee, Liz Hyder, a magnificently spellbinding tale that juxtaposes ethereal fantasy with the stark brutality of Victorian London. A tale told through five different perspectives, exploring science, nature, religion, enlightenment, the role of women in society and obsessive ambition run amok. Hyder's first book, Bearmouth, garnered a significant number of industry awards, including the Times Children's Book of the Year. And this is her first adult novel. Well, Liz joins me now for the second time. Liz, it's such a treat to get you back on the show. I love the gift so much. Uh, thank you for your gift to us all in writing it. <laughs> oh, thanks. There you go. Yeah, it's nice to meet. It's nice to have another chat. I love a chat. <laughs> Absolutely. Just to say to people who haven't yet read the book, I, I see it as a fantasy scenario set in Victorian England, basically exploring female empowerment against all the odds, and the odds include men, naturally, and religious fervor. But both Bearmouth, uh, the gifts, and your forthcoming work, the illusions, are all set in the past. Do you enjoy immersing yourself in history? I do. Yeah, and also I think it's really. My cunning idea, I'm not the first to say this, right? But um, I really like the idea of exploring issues that are still relevant and kind of contemporary now, but looking at them through sort of a historic lens. Because the thing is, if I was to write about technology now, for example, by the time I'd finished <laughs> writing the book, it would probably be out of date, yeah. you know, because <laughs> things are moving so fast. Whereas for like The Illusions, which is my, my next book coming out in June, that's, that is about technology, really. That's kind of where the idea came from. And it's about early film pioneers and magic and those two worlds kind of colliding so yeah I do love I love doing the research as well I become such a geek for like a really sh <laughs> I mean I'm a geek anyway right uh we know this from last time um but I really love falling down that kind of hole of research and just you find out the most amazingly interesting weird things yeah yeah but buttons on the gifts I fell down I, I had half a day looking at researching buttons <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's about two lines in the entire book but i had a lovely afternoon but, <laughs> i mean the underbelly of victorian london is is so well written and you really feel totally immersed um in that i mean again that obviously that's research isn't it oh i'm really pleased you said that yeah because that's that's what i sort of try and do really i, I want i want you i want that immersive sort of feel yeah. really that's kind of what i want 
people to feel when they read the books. You know, some people really kind of love that and get it and other people really hate it. Mm. And that's fine too, because things aren't for everyone. And it's also interesting that you, you say that you, you set things in the past so you can tell contemporary stories, but with a twist to it. And because uh, I'm a big sci-fi fan. So things like Doctor Who and Star Trek quite often would be telling very contemporary stories, but it'd be dressed up in a way that you didn't feel that you're being talked down to or, you know, uh, patronised. And then hopefully people learn more from it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, like like you, I mean, I grew up on kind of, you know, my, my dad's a big sci-fi fan, and so mm. therefore I'm a big sci-fi fan, as is my brother. My sister less so, but, you know, Star Trek and Doctor Who were like, you know, hugely formative things on TV when I was watching. Also Land of the Giants. Oh, yeah, fan. I remember that. And the Invaders, it had a really great theme tune. I'm just yeah. putting that out there. Yeah. Look it up, people. It's, it's it, very catchy. I seem it's to remember the, it was a bit of a dish for main guy on the Invaders. I can't remember his name now. I don't remember. I just remember that, like the the invaders had like an extra tip on their on their little finger. That was it. The invaders. A Quinn Martin production, starring Roy Finnis as architect David Vincent. <laughs> I think also as well, like a lot of the things that we're interested in now are still the same things that people were interested in in the past so yep. you know like um things like equality and um being treated fairly and people being given opportunities um all of those sorts of things being able to kind of live your life and live out your potential i think is yeah. they're all still none of those things are going to go away they're no, sort of part of the human no. condition um and i so yeah i like i like looking at it through a historical lens because mm. it's it is like you say. It's just it's a way of exploring those issues, but in a way that um, yeah, it's just a slightly different spin on it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just love the the the, the female empowerment and and the whole sisterhood um, element of the thing. Just to explain briefly for uh, people who haven't read it, I would say four disparate women from widely different backgrounds fights back against uh, patriarchy of the day with Victorian England. Two of these women inexplicably sprout wings and become the unwanted focus of attention. Um, and obviously there's there's elements of Victorian freak show and when they used to sort of glue uh, fins of a fish to another animal to make it look like a sort of a, a weird gestalt creature. And they get exploited by a ruthless surgeon from London who believes he's he's serving both science and God's purpose. So again, we get the constraints of, <laughs> of uh, organised religion coming in there. So there's a lot of elements um, pulling all this together. Yeah, there are. And um, it, I'll be honest, it was a big research project. Yeah. Because um, the four women, are, like you say, they are, they are all very different. And, you know, Edward, who is the surgeon character, um, obviously, I'm, I'm not a surgeon, I should explain. Obviously, I'm not from Victorian <laughs> England. You know, I'm not, a, I'm not a surgeon. And so that was a really interesting thing to research. But then my four women, one's an artist. And, I, you know, I'm not averse to getting out my sketch pad and some pens and pencils, but I am, I am also not an artist yes. <laughs> as well as not being a surgeon. <laughs> And I'm not a botanist, you know, one of my characters is botanist. Mm. One's a storyteller, so I guess I'm, you know, I'm more along those lines. And then the other one is a, a sort of an aspiring, aspiring journalist, mm. also something I am, I am not. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was a really interesting thing to, to research. And I did definitely want to play on that idea of, I'm really fascinated by, by that kind of sort of early, mid-Victorian period when you've got Darwin's, um, theory of evolution yes. coming out and you have that kind of clash between science and religion mm. and people trying to work out their own kind of personal way through that yeah. and how they how they justify it and how they negotiate it to themselves but that that passion for collecting that victorian thing of collecting and curating and mm. noting archiving dissecting um, <laughs> 
Yeah, and dissect and, and dissecting part of that. There is that real pursuit of knowledge, but you know, um, and and which is a really, you know, obviously a, a noble, brilliant thing. But at what cost does that come, really? Yeah. I, I was interested in exploring that kind of slightly grey area mm. of what is the morality of those things. What's the morality of killing sort of, you know, hundreds and hundreds of birds or killing, you know, killing creatures just because just because you can, even though you know what will happen when you dissect it or when you do certain things. So I, I, I find that, yeah, I find it a really interesting an interesting moral debate, really. Yeah, absolutely. Where, where does that line lie? Mm-hmm. And also, what I what I love is even though there there are magical elements in the story which aren't aren't explained, but you just accept that this extraordinary thing has happened. Um, the, the, the magical elements feel believably constrained by the laws of the real world. I mean, the metamorphosis of these two women when they sprout these wings is messy and painful. We read a crunching of bones as a change takes place, and and these wings can be damaged or even forcibly removed without them magically yeah. growing back. So literally, that the only bit of, of the fantasy side is. is is this warning? Did you feel that you didn't need to explain the reasons why, or is that another book in the making? Um, I, 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 so I, I hint at it. I think that the, the clues are there if you want to look. Mm. And I think, I think, but ultimately, I think it's up, it's up to you as the reader to just to to come come down and decide what what makes them grow. Like I say, I, I kind of I, I I leave I leave clues and I leave hints. <laughs> But also, when you put a story out into the world, you know, when you do kind of, when your imaginary friends, as I like to call them, go out into the real world in a book, um, it's that they're no longer your, they're, they're no longer just your imaginary friends, they're other people's imaginary friends. Mm. And so there is no wrong answer, I think. It's always really interesting when I sort of do events and stuff and I ask people why they think the women grew the wings. Um, I get really interesting different answers, some of which align totally with what I think, yeah. but also which are, are completely new and different and beautiful and weird and wonderful in their own way. So there's no there's no kind of wrong answer, really. I mean, um, for, for me, the, the wings are clearly symbolic and powerfully so. Freedom, strength, sisterhood, um, escape, and um, you know, a symbol of female empowerment, really. And I, I guess because of the emotions that are created in, in this book by these women, how they're, they're impacted by men mostly, that's how I see the change evolving, you know, something to do with the earth and mysticism yeah. or something like that so that I just I go with that that flow but I, I, I love I, it but it would be interesting to I mean I'm sure you've got so many ideas you you wouldn't <laughs> necessarily be wanting to look back at, at something you'd written already but it would be interesting to explore the magical elements or you're not so interested in that um I sort of feel like I leave the story at a point where it's ended if yeah. you know what I mean um I'm, I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of an end in a book yeah. like a proper end I don't like it when you read a book and it just stops where you're kind of getting towards the end and there are fewer and fewer pages and you're like mate you better wrap this up <laughs> in a satisfying fashion um and then it's not wrapped up in a satisfying fashion and I don't need a kind of you know I'm a big fan of Dickens um but sometimes an end to a Dickens book where he's telling you about what happened to, a, to characters that you'd forgotten about because they were in the first third <laughs> yeah you're yeah. like oh no I vaguely remember them yeah. I, you know I don't I don't necessarily need it to be that kind of no, wrapped up yeah. and I, get... I do want I do want an end and so yeah I don't think I'd revisit it I mean like you it's like you say I mean yeah for me wings are definitely a metaphor for for empowerment mm. and for kind of um 
not just sort of empowerment, but that relationship with nature, you know, both both the women who do grow wings um, do have that kind of, they do have a, a sort of a closer connection with the wider world and they do look up and out at it and, you know, mm. they do sort of open their eyes to it. Yeah. So there's there's definitely that kind of, that, that sort of element. Yeah. And yeah, empowerment and, and knowledge as well. All becomes silent. Not even a solitary bird sings. A weight of something sits behind her, a shadow of a presence. The pain has gone, burst right out of her, drained all her energy too. But something else sits on her shoulders now. Scarlet blood drips down from them onto the back of her hands. She has survived, for now at least when she feared she might not. Breathless and shivering, she sits slowly back on her haunches, not daring to look behind. The skirt of her dress is sodden with damp autumn leaves. Birch and beech, oak and larch. Come, Etta, she says to herself. Come, open your eyes. Whatever it is, the worst must surely be over. Wrung out and exhausted, she edges slowly to her feet, wobbles as she comes to stand. But she has no need to turn her head. The sun emerges from the clouds above, stretching Etta's shadow far in front, taking her breath away with it. And it's full of vivid imagery and, and evocative settings. It's a very pacey novel, too. I've got to say, Liz, it flies by. <laughs> Hooray! Yay! <laughs> Hooray! Good, because, you know, it's really funny. Like, um, it's always really funny reading kind of people's reactions to books because some people are like, oh, this is so slow. I, I just, you know, it's really slow. And other people are like, I read it in, in one sitting overnight. I didn't mm. sleep. Um, so it's... I just think it's always really interesting because it is a piece. It is a piece of art, effectively, yeah. and so art is always subjective. And mm. so you know, you're always going to get different reactions to it. I like a book that has got a lot of story in. I'm interested in the characters. I'm interested in the setting. But what I really want is a good yarn. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think it's one of the reasons why I do watch a lot of TV and I do read a lot of children's and young adults books as well. Like I will literally read anything. It's not you know, mm -hmm. I read nonfiction. I read anything. Graphic novels. Mm -hmm. Um. I just like, you know, one of the reasons why I do love Russell T Davis and Natalie Wainwright and Michaela Cole and is because they know how to structure and tell a really, really, really good story. Yeah, and Lucy Preble I put in there as well. I'm watching I Hate Susie at the moment, which I am just loving. And like Succession as well. You know, there's, there's loads and loads of really good writers around who mm. I don't think necessarily get the credit maybe that they deserve. Yeah. Um, but yeah, inspiration from all of them. Talking about the sequel to the book, there were two characters that I thought should have had their own run. Uh, would be Mary, who was the journalist, or, or she, yeah, she's sniffing out a good news story, and she uncovers the truth about this uh, this uh, corrupt surgeon who's um, abusing these women with her friend Richard. And I think them together would make a would make a brilliant like a series of detective novels set in Victorian <laughs> England, again with the Doctor <laughs> reference. There's a story that you might even remember 
somebody called the Talons of Wang Chiang, and there were two uh, amateur sleuths, sort of, sort of Sherlock Holmes sort of vibe. But Big Finish Productions actually gave them about six box sets of stories on their Did own they? about the Doctor because they were so popular. And I could see, I could see Mary and Richard uh, really going for it. I mean, Victorian London is such a wonderful setting for detective stuff. It is. It really is. I mean, I sort of, I do love Mary and Richard, and I do. A part of me didn't want to say goodbye to them sure. um, because I had so much fun writing them. Um, but I mean, Richard is there sort of as an ally as well. I think it's important to sort of say that that they're, you know, that yes, it's a kind of it's a it's it's feminist fiction, um, definitely. But it's also important to show male allies in that, and Richard is very much kind of an, an ally and a supporter and a champion for Mary, and just a really good friend as well. And I do love him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very fond of Richard. Um, but yeah, they're really good fun together, I think. And there's there's kind of you know good chemistry between them, and there's there's a lot of kind of fun fun dialogue. I don't know. I mean, I sort of feel like. You got more ideas too. I have too I have, many, too got, many. <laughs> yeah, too. I've got too many new ideas. I think, yeah, and I, I'm not. I don't know. Sometimes I think when writers return to an idea that they did like 20 years ago, I'm not always sure it's the best thing to do. I, mm. It always makes me slightly feel like they've run out of ideas. Yeah. I know that's kind of you know uh, an arrogant thing. For no, me no, to no, say, no, 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 not at all. I'm lucky to have lots of ideas, but mm. I just I always feel like you write those characters at a point in your life, and then you know already even with the gifts, it's like you know a couple of you know. It came out last year, but for me, I finished writing it the year before that, and I've written, you know, two books since. So it's like I've moved on from from those characters. Totally, I don't know. I kind totally. of know. What I'd love. I'd love fan fiction. I'd love someone to do Richard and Mary fan fiction. That'd be fun. Right. That, 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 that's 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 for homework for me tonight. <laughs> that's homework. There you are. I tell you what. I I was thinking a novel about the suffragettes. You could do a cracking one with that. I mean, possibly with some wing sprouting too. And as a personal request, Daleks. Oh, I, do you know what? I mean, I would. I would. <laughs> no, forget love the Daleks. To, Suffragettes, I though, would is, love, would be brilliant. I would love to. I mean, I would, you know, obviously, who wouldn't want to write for Doctor Who, particularly like under like Rus- the great god Russell T. Davis, as we like to refer to him. Mm, so and, um, yeah, um, I don't know. Suffragettes, it, it is interesting. I mean, there's been so many books written about it. I think one of the things that I'm always interested in is like what stories haven't necessarily been told, really. Yeah. And I feel like the suffragette story can always be told in fresh new ways, but I'm not sure I'd be the best person to do that, really. Okay. Um, but, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I sort of have dabbled in it a little bit with the next, yeah, the next book. So that's set in 1896, so it's kind of just just as that sort of, I guess, what we call the first real wave of feminism is sort of emerging. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. So tell us about your next book. I mean, obviously, we, we can't have too many spoilers, but uh, I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> the Illusions. This is coming out in it, June. Yeah, The Illusions. Um, it's, so it's set in 1896 in Bristol, and it sort of explores the the true world, really, in which um, the golden age of magic is in, in Britain collides with the really early days of moving images of cinema. Um and there is this huge overlap, which is endlessly fascinating, and I can waffle on about in great detail. Uh, I'd be great on a pub quiz on magicians and film overlap. Um, but yeah, it tells the story of um, a young uh, pioneering filmmaker, Edie Carlton, and a kind of hotshot, brilliant young magician, George Perris. Um, it's full of a kind of interesting, intriguing cast of characters across sort of magic and film and um, mechanicians and inventors and, and, and all sorts. And there's much danger and peril. It's um, 
it's been jolly good fun. It's been jolly good lark. And I, yeah, it's a, it's a rollicking adventure, I think. Oh, I'm um, so looking forward to it. And the, the, yeah, just just to to flag up, but we did in the previous uh, thing. But the, the, the bear mouth was was uh, um, was muted to be a film. Is there any development on that? Um, I, I yes, um, a bit. I can probably tell. So there's a, there's um they've been working on the scripts basically. There's a fantastic uh, scriptwriter involved. So they've been working on that. Um, and there are various really exciting people attached to it who I can't tell you about. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, and so I, I, at the moment, I think they're kind of getting to a stage where they're, where they're going to go out for, for sort of funding for it. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I'm always, you know, I'm always, I don't know, I guess it's kind of like a protective mechanism. that I'm always a bit like, well, you know, that's great news, but I sort of believe it when I see yeah, it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Know? And I sort of still, I still feel like, like, like that with books. You know, when I go into the bookshop and the gift is on the shelf, I'm like, oh, it's, it really is there. <laughs> yeah. and, and and how many, so many fantastic reviews as well. I mean, just all across the board, five-star reviews. Uh, it's just so exciting to see where you're going to go next. I can't quite believe you've written two books since, uh, since this one. We haven't even talked well, about the other one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, The Illusions is the one that I've spent m- more time on because it it's, it's an adult book, so it's much longer and it's kind of, you know, it's, a, it's sort of a, 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 bigger, a bigger book and it's kind of an epic um, and then the one that I'm currently I'm redrafting it at the moment actually is a young adult book, okay. um, which is sort of a coming of it's sort of a coming of age thriller, but it deals with sort of you know deep time and our relationship with the natural world and all sorts of things. And it's set um, along the kind of coast of Pembrokeshire, and there are stone circles and weird things that oh. happen and comets and strangeness. Yeah, I it's love fun. It. Love it. It's been, it's been fun. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to, to reading your next book. And I would recommend The Gifts to anybody and everybody. Um, Liz Hyder, thank you so much for joining us again. And if we could request uh, another little chat with you when your next book comes out. <laughs> Well, that would be lovely. I will definitely Yay. catch up on that. And I'm I'm off to look up this Talons of Wing Chuan spin-off as well. I'm quite excited about that. Oh, yes. It's a, a, a Jago and Lightfoot, it's called. It's, 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 it's a, it's oh, a, yes. It is Lightfoot, isn't it? There's a character, there's a character <laughs> in the Illusions called Lightfoot. Oh, well, there you He's go. Not, <laughs> I had to... I had to, do you know what? I had to cut him out almost. He was, yeah. he was that's where I got it from. I do remember now. I remember awesome. watching the Talons of Wang Chai and I'm thinking Lightfoot would be a great name for a magician. Oh, I don't think anybody would notice. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. Yeah. Oh, no, it's fun. It's no, it's great. I, I love it. Like, nice nod. Oh, that's, that's where I stole it from. There you go. <laughs> Hark at us. I such nerds. <laughs> Liz Ida, thank you so much. It is impossible. It cannot be. But there before her stands a winged silhouette. The shadow lifts its arm to its face and she sees herself, feels herself, as her hand softly touches her own tear-stained cheek and the birds resume their orchestra. She turns her head, half-dazed as if in a dream. And yet... There they are, russet wings larger than an eagle's, fanning slowly out from her shoulders. Part of her.